Hello, welcome or welcome back to my podcast, Consistency of Life. It's your internet big sister, Kate, here to talk about today's episode, Nicotine and the Power of Quitting. So let's get into it. After about four years of really strong addiction, I quit nicotine and I will never go back. So why did I quit? I just realized it's not worth it. I was paying for obvious health complications of which I could already feel taking a toll on my body from literally just losing my breath after going up a flight of stairs and to not being able to focus on one thing longer than 15 minutes without a hit of nicotine. It was at the end of the day, a form of self-sabotage because it keeps you in this cycle of increasing your anxiety levels when you don't have it. At first, it subsides them. Then you go maybe five, 15 minutes without the substance and all of a sudden your anxiety is at this all-time peak and this all-time high and you can't focus on anything else. You don't want to do anything else. All you need is your next fix. And that's an addiction. That is a deeply rooted addiction. And it's been proven that it increases levels of depression, anxiety, stress, and attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, also known as ADHD. And it also affects and adds on to other psychiatric symptoms. So just considering all of these factors involved, it just wasn't worth it anymore. I was literally paying for death. I was paying for problems at the end of the day. And I was just sick of my excuses and telling myself that I wanted a better life and better health, but I wasn't making the necessary sacrifices to do so. And at first it started off with, I just don't feel good or I just don't like paying money for it. I just don't. There were so many negatives that were building up over time, but they weren't enough to make me quit because I just hadn't decided that it just wasn't worth it because at the at that point in time, I knew every single complication in the world and the satisfaction of my next fix just that was worth literally be addicted to this habit and this cycle of toxic consumption. And I started to realize how I had had this addiction for, what, four years since I was 15 years old. That is incredibly young. Now, how does nicotine target the youth? What is even the appeal in young teenagers like that to consume such a knowingly toxic substance? And the answer is that these companies are purposely targeting to the younger generations and the youth of America really globally, but they're doing this by using bright colors and cartoons and fun flavors in vapes of which 
have been proven to directly target younger generations and is one of the many reasons why the U.S. government currently has sued and settled with Juul for $255 million. And the process of this, the reason why they use the bright colors, the cartoons, the fun flavors to market to young adults, but also the other thing, the other factor that a lot of people, you know, aren't really, or they are aware of, you know, just don't give a shit, or they aren't aware of, is these companies are also using reverse psychology. As a, as a kid, there's so many, I mean, I wouldn't say kid, but yeah, as a growing youth adult, a teenager, I'm just gonna say teenager, as a young teenager in general, you, you're told you can't drink, you shouldn't go to parties, do this, do that. And of course, you always want to do the opposite. You want to sneak out, you want to go. I mean, at least for me, that was me. It's like I somebody told me not to do something and I wanted to do the exact opposite almost, what, like 80% of the time. <laughs> and so they're telling you this is a toxic substance or don't use this if you're under 21 or don't do this, like don't inhale it, like don't, 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 like you're gonna, this is an addictive quality and you're like, it's not addictive. Or okay, like you don't do it. Like subconsciously, it's a way of reverse psychology. You see that do not or you will get addicted to and you're like, no, I won't. Or okay, try me. And you, <laughs> and it, and then you get into it. It starts out as, you know, the social experiment at first, and then it turns into an addiction. And that's what, in, and then it slowly, as it, as people start to consume it, it's also, the, the other part of it is the mass consumption of not, vapes, but cigarettes, the mass consumptions and advertisement of cigarettes has been turned into an aesthetic. Having a cigarette in your hand, like in a movie or going to a French cafe and, or just having, you know, a glass of wine or whiskey or whatever, having a cigar or a cigarette has been turned into an aesthetic and has been romanticized. We see movies and celebrities glamorizing nicotine to the point where you're considered cool if you take part in a substance that slowly kills you and makes you, and it literally makes you feel good about making this choice. And the quote, when I don't smoke, I scarcely feel like I'm living. I don't feel like I am living unless I am killing myself by Russell Hoban. That speaks to the true nature of this drug and the power that it holds over anyone with an addiction to the substance, which is hard not to obtain. It's easier to get addicted to the substance than not to. I mean, as I was saying, it starts out as a social experiment which is kind of partly where I believe that I got addicted because I felt, I'm just going to be so honest, I felt really fucking cool when I had a vape in my hand and it was a, car, a conversation starter for literally anybody my age. I just, I genuinely felt like I couldn't have a social life without a vape in my hand or my back pocket because 
everybody had one. And as I said, you're considered cool for having a, a cart or nicotine in your back pocket, which carts, weed, that's a whole other thing, which, you know, I'm, I'm not going to get into that, but that's definitely not nicotine. And it definitely does not have the negative effects of nicotine. I'm not going to get into that now though, but it, it just, you're seen as somewhat cooler in a majority of that age range, 15 to 18 or 14 to 18 kind of eyes, like that you're able to obtain this illegal substance on, and on a regular basis, like you're, like you're cool, you know? And I felt that I, I just, I couldn't have a social life without it. I mean, people also came up to me and they wanted my attention so that they could get a hit. And although, you know, they were just using me to get what they wanted, it kind of created this mutual, I don't want to say friendship, but this mutual relationship of, you know, I fiend off of you, you fiend off of me, which is where, you know, school bathrooms, oh my gosh, school bathrooms, that's where anybody, like, you'll... Even if you don't do, like, you don't entertain nicotine, you will be surrounded by it in school bathrooms. I guarantee you. That bathroom sesh, the morning before the the first bell of school, like, before the first period, every single motherfucker is going to be packed in that bathroom, hitting a vape, hitting a cart, you know, at at my school, at the school that the high school that I went to, there were people that were crushing shit up on the th- <laughs> in the bug and bathrooms and storing it. So, and that's a whole other story. But you're going to be surrounded by it in those age ranges, and you're also seen as much cooler because it's turned into a, an aesthetic. And so, actually, quitting this substance. It had to take me to the point of this isn't fucking cool anymore. Like, I'm actually paying for something to physically, emotionally, and mentally harm my body. What the fuck am I doing? Like, make that shit make sense. But that's really what got me hooked is, you know, the fun flavors and have it being a conversation starter and you're just cool and, you know, everybody had one and you automatically fit in, you know, like you could walk into a room, nobody knew you, but you pulled out a vape and they're like, hey, like what flavor is that? Or, hey, da 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 da. Like, and people would literally start talking to you over it. And so it, I had to separate myself from, I mean, it also, I don't know if I did, but, over time, you know, kind of a lot of people that did pertain in these activities, I kind of separated myself from them just naturally. It wasn't on purpose. Like, you know, you're doing nicotine. Like, like, no, I just kind of, over time, we just kind of, as people, we parted ways. But because of that, I realized that more and more advocates for this kind of substance abuse were dissipating out of my immediate circle of influence. And that created a larger influence for me to have over myself. And once I finally got that and I 
was able to see this product for what it truly is, this drug, this addiction, this silent but very loud at the same time killer for what it truly was it just was not worth it for me anymore and that's where i get into the process of quitting for me and my personal experiences <laughs> i would say the number one thing that just made it so hard to actually quit was the rage i i was so angry short-tempered irritated i mean the tiniest little things would just set me off and when i say rage like i mean fits of rage <laughs> it was not it was not fun but i had to continue to remind myself that once this feeling passes it will be so worth it. It'll be so, so worth it. I'll feel better. I'll, I'll be living better. I'll be doing better. I mean, I just had to continue to remind myself that I'm angry right now, but I'm probably more angry at the fact that I can't, yes, I can't have this substance, but I'm angry at the fact that I ever even indulged in it because now I'm having to go through the stages of withdrawal, which fucking suck. I'm like, I, I self-sabotage. Like I, I set myself up for this and it just made me even more angry at the fact that not only could I not have it, but that I did this to myself. And that was a real punch to the fucking gut. Like, and it was a hard pill to swallow that I was that heavily influenced. I didn't want to believe that I, you know, I was a very, that people could have, you know, that kind of power over me. But I had to take a step back and realize, holy shit, like, I, for the past year, I, I've i been wanting to quit and, like, I just wouldn't because of all these other reasons. It just wasn't worth it. Like, I allowed myself to be influenced into this addiction and it just made me so angry and on top of it my whole body felt weak. Waking up was incredibly hard, going to sleep was incredibly hard, going throughout the day, I mean, you know, I had my rage and my short tempered. My body just felt incredibly weak and obviously, you know, the cravings fucking sucked and because of that, you know, my anxiety, it was just through the roof. I was all over the place for about a month and I'm not even, you know, like a full year nicotine free. I'm just a few months and I'm already, and I'm coming on here to talk about the positives and, you know, the neg negatives, obviously, but the positives of quitting because I'm sitting here a few months sober and I still, I still crave that cigarette. I still crave that vape. And every single day I have to choose not to drive down to the gas station or not to go walk across the street to, you know, go get a pack or to go buy a vape or whatever, I have to remind myself every single day that my health is worth more than a temporary 
surge in dopamine. Like, it's just not, it's not worth fucking up everything else and all of this progress that I've made just for that moment, just for that one hit of which will set me all the way back and my anxiety will just go straight through the roof again. It just, it's not, it's just not worth it. It's really just not worth it. And that's why I'm saying, you know, I don't want to talk about this process of quitting and I don't want this to scare you away from quitting if you're seriously considering it, which you really, really should. Or, you know, if you're taking the steps and, you know, your first day clean, if you're considering quitting or if you have quit, I'm incredibly proud of you. I am so incredibly proud of you. And you should be proud of yourself also because it is a hard decision. It is a really, and it's a hard choice and it's hard to keep up with that decision and those actions when you constantly have this itch that you want to scratch and you can't scratch it. Making that decision, I am so proud of you. And if you're thinking about making that decision, I'm also so proud of you because that means that you want to better your life. You want to make that change and you're acknowledging that. So please act on that. And I'm telling you these reasons of, you know, the process of quitting for me and how horrible it was because I also want people who haven't indulged in it to understand what you're really going to get yourself into. And it's, like I said, it's just not worth it. But also, I just want to be honest. Like, and I want you to know that this substance is masking all of this. All of this that you're feeling, that I was feeling, this rage and this anxiety and these these cravings and, you know, my whole body feeling, like, all of this, I was experiencing for the past four years, but that hit of nicotine every 15 or, you know, few minutes masked that and covered that up. And so I never truly felt it, even though it was always there. It was always an underlying factor that I just never saw and I never allowed myself to feel because the second it would come up, the second I'd feel the tiniest bit of anxiety, anger, anything, take a hit of nicotine and it was it was gone for, you know, however long. <laughs> Sometimes it would be just 10 seconds. And this, you know, I could really feel the, the power that this drug had over me at the end of the day because it is a drug. It really is. And that power was disgusting. The fact that I didn't have that kind of power over my own life, this drug had that power over me, that's a disgusting feeling to not have control over your life or the power, the willpower to guide your life in the direction that you want and to feel like you need the substance to do that. It's the worst feeling. It really truly is. Another thing from the process of quitting for me though, I didn't, this was one that, you know, a lot of people talk about how they experienced an increased appetite. I didn't necessarily experience an increased appetite, but I had an oral fixation, which was part of my addiction, which kind of played into me eating a little bit more, even though I wasn't actually hungry. So that, I don't know if that was 
I don't know if that's kind of the common theme. Like it's just an oral fixation. It's not really an increased sense of appetite, but that's what it was for me. Um, but that kind of really only made me more mad. I wasn't hungry, but I just needed something to put in my mouth. Like it just made me more mad. <laughs> I just, I was really, really mad for about, I would say six weeks. Yeah. Like maybe like a month to six weeks. And, but it also taught me on a positive note, it also taught me to, you know, control my emotions to really have have the influence over myself that I wanted. You know, I didn't, you know, push everything down and just shove it down to the bottom of the barrel, but I would, you know, I'd look at myself, I'd be like, okay, why are you so angry? What is the reason for this? Is it justified or is it for this reason or this reason? Why where is it coming from? And what can you do to calm this rage? What can you do to address this anger and calm myself down, bring myself down three notches. What can I do to to inf- to guide myself in a more constructive direction? And because that kind of rage, fits of rage for the tiniest little thing not going right. That's not okay. That's unhealthy. And that is where it can really drag you down. Where, you know, that rage, it's not for, you know, it's not telling you, hey, you've been disrespected or this or that. No, it's I don't have what I want. And I'm going to get fucking angry about it. And I had to check myself right then and there constantly to make sure that that didn't bleed into my sober self. Now that I have come out the other side of it, I will tell you, as I said, I'm still, I still crave, you know, a cigarette or a hit of a vape every now and then. But it really, it really just is not worth it because my energy is enhanced and my attention span increased. I just, when I, I, like, I can wake up in the mornings with ease. I go throughout the day being able to work through tasks productively and successfully and I don't need all of these random breaks to go outside and or to you know get my next fix and I just it really feels as if I'm taking control of my life and I'm not by not giving into the cravings and by choosing my health over this temporary feeling and I can already I can physically feel the difference. My breathing is so much better. And I mean, I can I can walk up the stairs without losing my breath, which really says something like, because I, which it's just, I mean, that's kind of crazy that I have to make that statement. I can walk up the stairs without losing my breath. 
anybody should be able to walk up the stairs without losing their breath. That is not okay. That is not okay. Because I used to be able to do suicides for 30 minutes straight and I would be just fine after 60 second to two minute break. And that is not okay, but it's progress. And it's something that I'm proud of that I can walk up the stairs without, or, you know, and, uh, you know, that was kind of, you know, I'm, that was kind of like the, the second month that I noticed. Now I can go on a full one mile or two mile walk and I don't lose my breath. So I'm, I'm seeing these changes and, you know, my breathing, it, it's, I can just feel the health of my lungs. I can feel them rejuvenating whether, and I know it's not a placebo effect because I know I've, I've done the research and scientifically your lungs incredibly, like after 10 days, I believe it is, they start to heat. It's after 10 days that your, it's two days that you're nicotine free and then 10 days when your lungs start to reform back to its original state, which takes up to five years. If you are an avid um, nicotine smoker, it can take up to five years to completely reverse the damages. Um, I wouldn't say completely reverse because it takes up to 15 years to have your body completely rejuvenate in the sense where it wasn't even like you ever touched a cigarette. It can, it, it can take up to 15 years. Um, but five years for your lungs to fully cleanse themselves, I would say. And, you know, just, it's just overall, you know, it's forced me to do more and be better to distract myself from the cravings. And also by doing all of this research, it's been incredibly eye-opening instead of automatically just rejecting the idea. Because honestly, a part of it is when I didn't want to quit, I really didn't have a lot of self-respect. And that's just, that is what it is. I just, I didn't have that much self-respect. And I, because if you do, and self-discipline, I lacked self-respect and self-discipline on a certain level because once you have that, it's not worth this, this literally paying for something to physically, emotionally, and mentally harm you. Not on a daily basis, but on an every few second basis, like every few minutes kind of basis. It just, it forced me to be a better person. From there, I also noticed that not only did my, you know, my physical health, but with my physical health, my hygiene also got incredibly better. You have better breath when you quit nicotine. That was something I didn't realize is that the reason my breath was so raunchy all the time was because of the nicotine. Because now I brush my teeth in the mornings and I'm good to go until dinner time. Like my breath does not rank like acid and just like ass acid. Like it just, it was so bad. And it was literally because of nicotine. It didn't matter how many times I brushed my teeth or how many times, 
you know, I'd floss or gargle mouthwash or just, I wouldn't even eat shit throughout the day. I wouldn't even eat anything. And I, my breath would be so rancid, just so disgusting. And it was because of nicotine. And another thing is my, my skin, my skin actually has this glow factor to it that I haven't seen since I was in the middle school, since I was in middle school. And I just thought it was normal for me to be just kind of like pale and lifeless and colorless. No, that is not normal, especially for me, like considering my genes. Um, not going to get into that, but I, I'm supposed to have glowy skin. And that sucked the, like, it literally sucked the life out of me. It, it legitimately sucked the life out of me. And you can see that in people when they were smoking cigarettes versus after they quit or before they were smoking them. They were incredibly, they just, they had this natural glow. Their skin is clear, youthful, beautiful, the elati- the elasticity elasticity in it is just that's one thing is that what people it doesn't age you like nicotine itself does not age you it it fucks with the proteins in your skin that create that elasticity of more youthful looking skin and so when it fucks with those proteins you it it eats away at the barrier i'm I'm not quite sure. I I may not even know what I'm talking about here, but I'm pretty sure what it is is that it eats away at those proteins. And so then that causes your skin to separate, literally separate and sag down and turn gray. It turns somewhat lifeless and it can cause, it can cause an aging effect. Like the look in the appearance of aging, although it does not actually physically age you. And, but that was something that was also a, a major factor in me wanting to quit. I just didn't want to be 25 looking like 30, like I was 35. I just, I didn't, I didn't want to be in a young adult looking like I just crawled out of the devil's ass. Like, I just... <laughs> And, you know, I kind of say, and I say that, you know, thing, you know, with, and there's a negative connotation when I say that, like being, looking older, being older is, you know, bad. And it's not at all. It's not because that's a natural process of life. But looking like you're 10 or 20 or 30 years older than your actual age, that is a problem. I mean, at least in my opinion, that's not good. <laughs> like, and, and I know that, you know, society has, you know, put this huge pressure on young adults to look somewhat older and then older adults to look way younger. And I think it's about looking your age. I mean, if you can look younger, I mean, I think everybody would like to look a little younger. <laughs> I think everybody would like to look a little younger. But I think it's about looking your age. And nicotine will not help you in that area whatsoever. You will most definitely not look your age after 
many years of uh, being an avid nicotine smoker. It's just a fact. It's scientifically proven. And other, you know, overall long-term benefits um, is, you know, a reduced risk of heart and lung disease or heart and lung complications, which people like to overlook this factor of using or quitting when it shouldn't be. Your health is incredibly vital to living a life of value and sustenance beyond hospital bed or doctor's offices. You shouldn't hear I, and I, I did this too. I heard heart disease or you're going to get lung cancer, this or that. And I'd be like, uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> or if I do, okay, whatever. Not my problem right now. And that is the most immature thought. Like that is the most immature way to think. And that is like the amount of lack of self-respect for me to hear that this is going to negatively affect me and I just didn't give a shit. What the actual shit? Like, that is not okay. And you should seriously, like, if you, anybody who smokes nicotine or indulges in it should take this incredibly serious because heart disease is the number one cause of death in America, I believe. And nicotine plays into that. A huge portion of nicotine plays into that. And deaths from lung cancer, it's it's in the top 10. So please take that very seriously. The fact that your health is at risk. And we've, we're starting to see the effects of vaping. You know, we've always been told the, the long-term effects of cigarettes, but we're seeing the, the, the long-term effects of vaping in a very short period of time. There are teenagers who have had an avid addiction for maybe, maybe even a year. There was one that had an addiction for six months and they died. They actually died died. Kids my age or even younger, adult, you know, I'm an adult now. I shouldn't say that I'm a kid. I am an adult. <laughs> but people my age or kids were are, are actually dying from vaping. And, and it's incredibly disgusting that these brands are targeting young adults. It just... I've already got... I already went over that. Not going to get into it again because I'm just going to get angry. <laughs> but... Quitting while you're young or as soon as possible gives gives your your heart, your lungs, your skin, your body, your your mental, emotional, and physical health. It gives it the chance to recover and regain the proteins, the blood cells, the everything that it needs to regain that health factor. And that level of vitality that you're missing from your life, of which makes a huge difference in the value of your life, in the way that you feel on a daily basis, I feel so, so, so much better now that I've quit and now that I've come out the other side of withdrawal, which I'm not saying is easy, but it is so worth it. And as I say, you're not going to get shit if you don't put shit in. And that applies to pretty much really any area of life. Um, 
And, you know, but according to the CDC, nicotine can harm the developing adolescent brain. The brain keeps developing until about, like, age 25. And using nicotine in adolescence can harm the parts of the brain that control attention, learning, mood, and impulse control. So using nicotine in adolescence, it also, it's also, there's a, a huge, um, uh, belief, uh, that it may also increase the risk for future addiction to other drugs, not just nicotine, but other drugs and addiction to multiple drugs. Now, if you don't care about your health, think about the cost. <laughs> like, holy shit, that is expensive to, if you don't have the, and it's, you know, and it's, do you really want to be making that exchange? Like exchanging your money for this substance of which, or substances of which are only giving you this temporary high and then immediately fucks with your serotonin and dopamine level and all this other shit immediately just fucks with it or just like kills it completely is that really what you want to be exchanging your money for? Is that really the product that you want to exchange your hard-earned money for? I mean, really ask yourself. And and I mean, if that also doesn't do it, money, you know, if you quit, did you know that you have better sex after quitting? Smoking actually decreases sexual desire and performance. According to the National Institute of Health, erectile dysfunction is directly proportional to the degree of exposure in smoking, and quitting smoking improves male sexual function in all age groups between 30 to 60 years of age, regardless of the pack year and education level. And by pack year, that's the amount of you know years you've been smoking or when you started. But quitting gives you more energy and stamina along with an increased sex drive. So if you want the best that sex has to offer, then put that cigarette or that vape down because you're not having the best sex. You're not. You're not living the best life. You're not having the best sex. This substance is controlling you and you're pouring your money into it as well. I mean, it's eating at your bank account. So really ask yourself at the end of the day, is this substance worth it? Is this worth my exchange in money? Is this worth my time, my tension, my energy? Is this worth my health, my physical and emotional health? Is this worth it? And everything, you know, even when you go out to dinners or even when you're hanging out with friends, it, you know, if, I remember I'd be at family dinners and every few seconds I would have to get up so that and be like, oh, I have to go to use the restroom because I couldn't sit through an entire family dinner. I'd constantly be getting up. Oh, I have to use the restroom again. Oh, I don't know what's wrong. I have a tiny bladder. Oh, I have to use the restroom again just to get this hit of nicotine. And it would, it, oh my gosh, it was, it controlled my life. And I want you, you listening to this, if you have an addiction, I want you to strive for better. And I want you to strive for clean, healthy, happy lungs. And if you have quit, go fucking you. And I hope that 
you, I hope that you don't relapse. I hope that you keep going. I hope that this is a, a change in your life that will remain, you know, will remain a very current factor, not inhaling nicotine, but it's also improved your quality of life. I hope that you have experienced and felt the actual changes of quitting and the power of quitting that holds. So if you are considering quitting or if you have, I'm so proud of you and keep going. Make that decision to quit if you haven't already. And if you have, keep fucking going. I am so proud of you and do not give up and remind yourself at the end of the day, it is not worth it. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. It is not worth it. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I know that I did. I I enjoy every single episode that I upload because I will never upload an episode where I don't have personal experience to add or I'm not passionate about the topic. If I don't have both of those factors with a certain topic, then I won't indulge in it. And I think that's why these episodes are so important to me and that I love this podcast so much is because I want to have a positive influence on people's lives. And I want you to leave these episodes. I want you to leave my podcast and my episodes feeling like you have gained some sort of constructive value to your life or a new perspective that adds value or, you know, I, I hope that this podcast episode was informational and is going to have a positive impact on your life in some way, shape or form. I look forward to talking to you guys next Sunday well, this Sunday, when the next episode comes out. And I hope you have an amazing morning, day, or night, wherever you are.